I am Andy Grant and welcome to Real Men Feel. Real Men Feel is all about encouraging men to allow and express all of their emotions because there really are no such thing as good or bad emotions. All emotions can serve you if you let them be expressed and flow through you. And any emotion can be a disservice to you. Any emotion can be bad if you stuff it, deny it, try to repress it or resist it. So that's what we're about, letting those feelings flow. Even as a man, even if you're taught you're not supposed to let them flow, guess what? You are. It's okay. So whether this is your first time joining us or you've been a long-time listener, thank you very much for being here. You certainly do not need to be a man to partake in the show. We've had many female guests and listeners, and that's all good. The Real Men Field podcast is produced live every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern. You can find show notes and more information at realmenfield.org. Please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes at realmenfield.org slash iTunes. Be sure and give us a rating or a review while you are there. You can also find the show on SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Google Play. Follow us on Twitter at RealMenFeelOrg and like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash RealMenFeelShow. This is a weekly program. Sometimes you have scheduled guests. Sometimes, like tonight, we just let it rip and see what happens. Comments, feedback, participation are always welcome during the live show and anytime in the Facebook group, on Twitter, or at RealMenFeel.org. Any links mentioned in each episode are in the show notes found on the blog at realmenfeel.org. So again, with all of the Real Men Feeling intro and housekeeping out of the way, hello and welcome to my co-host and friend, Apio Hunter. Hey, Andy. Have you noticed that our introduction just keeps getting slightly longer every week? See, I, I thought I made it shorter this time. <laughs> it was awesome. I loved, I honestly love the introduction. And every time that you added a new little twist to it, I'm like, I like that. No. So, so it's yeah. really good. I'm enjoying the fact how it's just evolving as we move along. Well, good. Yeah. If I said the same thing every time, I'd just be bored out of my head before the show started. So <laughs> right. I, I, I have to change up to entertain myself at least. Um, so, so this week's show, we're calling it Men and Depression, You Are Not Alone. Because if you've listened to the, any episode, probably any episode in the past, or if you're familiar with, 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 with me, um, if you look at it in my books, read my blog, um, I've always been very open about my decades of, of dealing with depression and, and suicide. I'm actually a survivor of multiple suicide attempts. Um, Apio has also shared that he's had battles with depression in his, in his life as well. Mm-hmm. So we really wanted to bring this out because um, men don't talk about this. It, it's, it's, it's a secret. It's kept a little more quiet. Um, and this actually, for me, this is the first December in three years that I have not been depressed. Last year, at, on this very week, I was communicating with a mysterious person in China about to buy cyanide because I thought that was um, my best solution. Hmm. And I actually, for the first time since last December, I went into that account and looked and it, to see the date. And it was, it was this week that, uh, that that was all going down. Um, huh. You know, it's interesting, Andy, because I, I, I remember we've talked about this particular week and, you know, how, how, what you went through last year and the year before <laughs> and the year before that. But I actually, you never mentioned the cyanide bit. You told me a lot of other stuff, but you never mentioned that. So that's, that's interesting. That, yeah, that, yeah, that was, uh, and again, so it's, it's weird and twisted because so, so much of... Uh, a human being in a good state, you want to take action. You're here to take action. Right. Um, but that was a time where I was taking negative self-destructive action. And that's kind of what perplexed me so much. 
Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I know I don't want to die, but here I'm feeling glum and droopy and I'm not inspired. And what is this? And the more I'd focus on it, the lower I'd feel. So I was actively joining, you know, pro-suicide groups and, and in these blogs and hearing people trade advice. And I'm like, oh, yeah. And then I'd, I'd find a way. And then it's, oh, that way is not available anymore. And instead of like, oh, look, the universe is showing me that's not the way. I'd be like, oh, damn it, I must find another way. And then I'd be like, why am I doing this? Why am I trying so hard to go down this road that I know isn't the road for me? Um, right. Well, at least you didn't book a trip to, to the suicide forest in Japan, you know, so. I, I, that's, I discovered it last December. I did not hear of that. <laughs> oh. Um, yeah. oh, gosh. So it's really nasty. But um, so it got me thinking and, you know, this time of year, I thought it'd be a nice topic. And then I got to thinking, you know, have you heard that suicides rise around the holidays? Yes. In fact, incidences of depression in general, but also suicides. I've, I've heard that. Um, I don't know how much, you know, evidence is out there. I know you were doing a little bit of research before the show, but it's, I think it's more anecdotal than it is evidentiary. But I, I, nevertheless, I know for, for me, I go through the same issue. Of course, now there's an actual diagnosis for it called seasonal affective disorder or SAD. And, you know, I, I do use a light box myself around this time of year because, yeah, I thrive on natural sunlight. I expose myself to it as much as possible. Kind of funny how I also like being in the shade and don't like being directly in the sun and just roasting. But being exposed to natural sunlight is, has always been good. And, and we as human beings have evolved to, to thrive on that as well. <clears throat> so I honestly don't know how folks like that are north of the Arctic Circle I was going to say, or south of the Antarctic Circle, but we don't have to worry about that because really, it's just you know the researchers at the, you know at the station and stations in Antarctica and the penguins, pretty much. But for those in the northern hemisphere, going for months without any sunlight whatsoever, I I just don't know how that can how they can do that. Yeah. A buddy of mine back in Florida did. Uh, he was stationed in the Navy for a while. He was stationed in Iceland, and during the winter months they would actually give the folks that were stationed in Iceland like a month or even I think six weeks of leave in a Southern latitude in order for them to not get into that state of depression and despair and so forth. So, and this was like back in the seventies. So, so apparently we've known for a long time that seasonal affective disorder can affect men. We just have never had a discussion as a society openly talking about it. Yeah. Because I, I know, growing up, I never noticed any sort of seasonal effect or noticing the winter was worse or anything like that. But in the, probably the like last eight years, mm-hmm. I have, as an adult, I do notice it and feel it. And I, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm a light box user as well, too. And, but this is the first year I haven't had to take it out. Um, so it's been pretty neat. But I, <laughs> yeah, I noticed that shortening day. And, but I, I brought it up initially. So it's a myth that suicides increase around the holidays. Yeah. December is actually it, the lowest month for suicides interesting around the world even in the dark countries all the time right so again it's just so i you know it could be that people that are happy notice someone that is alone and assume they're so it could be a lot of projection Mm -hmm. Um, also one theory Mm -hmm. i've always had and i found it mentioned in an article today was it could be the prevalence and constant replaying of it's a wonderful life <laughs> right, I want to be surprised because yeah, it's a story you see yeah. it blasted multiple times, and it's all about you know someone who is attempting suicide on Christmas Eve, 
Oh, that must be so common now. And, you know, it's so it's almost like a media driven myth. But yeah, lots of urban legends out there. And, you know, then there's the other thing about, you know, there's that perennial discussion about, well, it's the holiday season and everybody suddenly it's like, oh, I need to go out and do good things for people. And then no homeless shelters and and, and, uh, food kitchens and everything else. They're suddenly overwhelmed with people who want to, you know, volunteer just so, you know, they can feel good. Again, this is all anecdotal and yeah. stuff I have experienced for sure. I mean, I myself have been bitten by the service bug more so during the holiday season than during the rest of the year. Um, and, and then, of course, you know, there's that discussion. You know, why don't we do it the rest of the year? Blah, 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 blah. And it just kind of goes on and can make people feel worse or it makes them more conscious. And I find in the most recent times when I've been really depressed, it's often been, you know, at the, at the launch of my book still here, or it was before I ever gave my first public speak about my own discovery and journey. And it, it's often like, you sure you don't want to feel that way? You know, you sure you want to be alive? Let's give you a little another taste to see if you're strong enough and resilient to go forward. It, it, it's, it's always been interesting. And we were talking before we started the show, that I've been noticing feeling depressed mm-hmm. and having depression. I've always just kept, I didn't realize it was a distinction. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so yesterday, I, you know, almost like in practice for tonight's show, <laughs> I was, I was feeling down and then it was, um, I was teary and I was like, what's going on? And as I'm like, instead of just going, Oh, here I am. I'm depressed. I was like, wait, let's slow it down. And you know, you know I'm, I'm frustrated, you know, things, mm-hmm. Things haven't gone the way I wish they had uh, for everything this year. Um, mm. Feeling, you know, there can be some worry, there can be some fear. Um, but yeah, you know, this isn't depression, huh. and it's not even depressed. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I was doing some of my my rituals that are part of the things to keep me going. Which, right. You know, one of the mistakes I made in previous years that I just stopped doing everything that works to keep my mood up. Um, right. But I continued today, and I'm doing one of my rituals, and I start sobbing. <clears throat> like hard freaking wailing sobbing like what is going on and I, that's never happened before um but then they go and look at the name of it and it was you know the prayer of healing and it was all meant to to be a release as i'm looking at different messages and of the day and you know, get the super full moon happening and all these mm-hmm. things oh letting it go and releasing everything from the year ready for the new year and uh it, it just got me thinking of like can can, can you be depressed but not have depression I would say yes. I mean, I've certainly experienced that. I mean, yes, I've, I've had a lifelong relationship with depression. I've experienced depression most of my life. And yet there have been times that I have simply been depressed, but not, or ex- but not been in depression. Yeah, yeah it's tough to distinguish. <laughs> yeah, um, it is hard to distinguish. Yeah, I think because I think it's become, it's such an easy term to throw around. I think lots of people self-diagnose as, as depression. Um, mm-hmm. but again, frustrating things, disappointing things, you know, sad things happen. Yes. And if we allow our emotions to flow, like, um, to clinical depression requires like a two week period mm-hmm. of insomnia, loss of interest, unhappiness, having suicidal thoughts, all that, not, not yes. having enough morning. Right. Yeah. But again, as someone with a history of true prolonged depression, mm-hmm. I, I almost feel there's like a, 
well, I hate to use this word, but there's a trigger finger to really <laughs> quickly claim it. Oh, so here I go again. <laughs> right. No, I, I know what you're saying about that. You know, sometimes you, you use certain terms and you're like, ow, I, I don't know if I should use that or not, but sometimes it's the most appropriate term to use. And it's interesting because certainly for me, I was going through all of that. You know, we, we've talked about this privately off, you know, not on the show. And this is probably the first opportunity that I've been able to really to kind of discuss this on the show and you know, discuss it directly about how, you know, back in the late July, early August timeframe, there was all of those things started, all of the classic symptoms, you know, loss of interest, loss of appetite. I never had an issue with insomnia, if anything. I sleep more when I'm in a state of depression versus sleeping less. So, but all the other things, um, I, and you yourself noticed that I was kind of like very slowly withdrawing. I was maintaining that, you know, the happy public persona that I always maintain. But, and I myself was, I was deceiving myself into thinking that I was okay without realizing that I was in fact and going into a state of depression. I mean, there's some major, major shit going on in my life, all of it actually good, but causing me to withdraw and pull into myself and not want to interact with anybody. So I was in the process of moving into a new, a, a new uh, place, you know, starting a new job. And I mean, those are the two big major ones, but also having some critical conversations with family members that needed to be had, um, setting new boundaries with, with, with folks, learning to set boundaries for myself. Um, all of those things were all happening all at the same time. And I, and in the process, I let go. You mentioned the rituals. I let go of my own rituals. I forgot to engage in them. I forgot to give myself permission to have fun. I gave, forgot to give myself permission to, to experience everything. And wow, what a wake up call. What a wake-up call when I, I realized it, and then you and I had an awesome discussion shortly afterwards, which is like to me like the cherry on the cake, you know, the, the whipped cream on the cake, which was just a beautiful discussion. And it helped me ground me and center and get myself centered back again and just, you know, fully, you know, and then sort of start the process of re-engaging. Now, a, you know, a slow process, perhaps, but still the process of getting re-engaged again and realizing it's like I, there was, I had to say no to so much stuff so I could say yes to the things that were most important to me. You and Lori and, and, and Real Men Feel and, and, and a couple of other things, you know, the principles of joy. Those were the yeses for me. And everything else is just like, you know what? I don't want to overwhelm myself. <laughs> and... Wow, what a relief, you know, what a relief. Can I say I'm fully out of that, that state of depression? No, I'm not. But I'm certainly much clearer, I'm much more, um, I'm much more engaged, <laughs> and I'm certainly much more connected to the people that are around me again. And so, yeah. So that's really wonderful to talk about this tonight, because I realized, I've realized it many times, but especially last year, the time I was in this, you know, as I'm shopping for cyanide and plotting my demise and looking for ways and researching and in keeping it all. And when I finally let people know how bad I felt, that began my relief, yeah. right? Ad admitting it, let, you know, letting someone in, not pretending 
And I wonder if that was kind of your turning point this time too. It was, when you very said. much, yeah. very much. Letting people in and first of all, acknowledging it to myself. And then letting people in saying, oh, you know what? <laughs> it's like, oh my God, I, I didn't realize. I, I, I fell into the trap. I fell into a trap without even realizing I had done so. Because, you know, oftentimes, it's, and this is perhaps even a bigger red flag for those of us who are in the field of personal development and energy work and everything else. I mean, we, get, we're, we know so much about the link between our emotions and our thoughts. And we're so focused on thinking positive thoughts that sometimes we deceive ourselves into thinking that all is well, particularly if we go through, you know, our rituals without really engaging in the rituals. You know, there's, there's going through the motions and then there's being engaged and invested in what it is that we're actually doing. And if we just kind of go through the motions and just kind of because it's, it's a habit or whatever, it can really make it things worse for us by you know, us buying into the solution that all is well, yeah. all is well. And in some ways that, that kind of ties into the discussion that uh, we had with our friend Sean about you know, the philosophical or the new age bullshit. <laughs> Yeah, and it's all about dropping the mask. And, mm. and you can be alive and joyous and still feel like shit sometimes and mm. feel like giving up and go, well, like, what's the point? You know, yeah. to get really woo-woo, you know, a lot of people think that, you know, our, our soul comes to earth and be incarnate and we're wiped of our memories because if we knew how powerful we were, we'd be like, why the fuck am I putting up with this? I'm not going to earth. You know? <laughs> right. Well, it's, you bring up an interesting point because this is something else which, is, which has surfaced a lot recently in, 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 in discussions. And that is for those who, especially for those who, who work with energy and who process energy and who, who are connected to, to source energy or who do a lot of channeling and you with the Akashic Records and other work that you do and so forth, the physical body, the human body is not really designed to process that amount of energy. I mean, we, we're, our, the, our bodies are amazing, amazing machines and they can do so much, but when it comes to a spiritual energy, Wow, there, there are times when it can be completely overwhelmed and then it needs to go through the period of recovery. Yeah, right. The, 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 the last thing to change, you know, your thoughts, emotions, energy, like this physical stuff, our body and flesh is the, mm -hmm. the densest form. It's, so it takes, it's the last to catch up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you know, you could be going through fantastic changes in some aspect of yourself, but your body is tired and exhausted and you think, oh my God, I'm, I'm all depressed. What's wrong with me? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, yes. It, it seems almost counterintuitive to think that you can experience so much joy that could, can trigger depression. But it's, it's possible. Yeah. I swear that's exactly what happened. So much good shit happening, and I lost my shit. <laughs> cool. so I, and I was doing some research today because I, 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 I wanted this to be anecdotal and, and two men sharing their experience to encourage other men to get to realize you're not alone and that if you're feeling down, if you're feeling depressed if you're having suicidal thoughts let someone know because yeah. that that takes the cork out of keeping that all in and it, it's that's when the, the relief and the healing can begin but just some stats that um males take their lives at nearly four times the rate of females mm. so it's like it's almost like you know men mean business and i'm if i'm gonna have this thought i'm gonna freaking do it and i'm gonna do it right and this you know this yeah. distorted masculinity <laughs> coming into suicide yeah. again that yeah. high perception of it yeah. 
but females are more likely than males to have suicidal thoughts. Now, this is based on studies and reporting. So I, you know, I think females are more willing to admit having suicidal yeah. thoughts. You know? Oh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's what I thought. And again, um, guys want to pretend we've got it all together. For women, mm -hmm. it's more okay to confide in your best friend and have girls night out and talk things out. Yes. Um, yes. But every time I've ever spoken, every time, anytime someone else had discovered of my background, male or female, they admit to me, oh, yeah, I've had that thought. And um, I've seen stats. Again, it was anecdotal. A college professor told me once that, you know, it, something, some study he had seen, like 92% of Americans have a thought of killing themselves at some point. Oh, wow. That's... <laughs> they couldn't just hit the pads like, oh, you know, Oof. gag me with That's... a spoon. I wish I was dead. It could have just, you know, some <laughs> comment like that even. But, you know, <laughs> right. right. Serious. It's just that common. It, it, in, in a strange way, it doesn't surprise me. It actually doesn't surprise me that we may have, at the very least, had the thought. Not, maybe not seriously entertained it, but at least we've had the thought. And, and yeah, I mean, especially if you're going through a really, really massive, massive disruption in your life, oftentimes to break up with your, with your first love. And that's a, that would be a great example of, you know, where you could possibly, that could be triggered. It's like, oh, my God, my life is over. I should just end it all and everything else. And then, of course, life goes on. But there's so many major life events that could happen, absolutely. So, so it, it's not surprising at all. And, and just to help people, again, we're talking about can you feel depressed without being depression? So mm -hmm. I've got an official list of you know, signs of depression. And you would, you know, if you had these signs continuing for two weeks, you would truly be in a diagnosed depression. So mm -hmm. a depressed mood during most of the day, particularly in the morning. So again, it's interesting that a depressed mood is required for, the, for depression. So obviously they can be separate then, which sure. again, as, as someone labeled from a young age, um, I was called bipolar, borderline dis um, personality disorder, mm -hmm. uh, clinical depression. And like, so a de you can, again, you can feel depressed without suffering from depression. Right. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm just getting that now at this ripe old age. Um, <laughs> so another, another symptom, uh, fatigue or loss of energy almost every day, yep. feelings of worthlessness or guilt almost every day, mm -hmm. impaired concentration, indecisiveness, insomnia or hypersomnia almost every day. And that would be a sign for me. I, when, when I'm really depressed, I can sleep 12, 15, 20 hours. Easy, easy, same here, same here. Markedly diminished interest or pleasure in almost all activities nearly every day, occurring thoughts of death or suicide, and not just fearing death, but you know, planning right. yours. Right. A sense of restlessness or being slowed down <laughs> and significant weight loss or weight gain. And, uh, and I can joke about this. So, I, you know, I know I'm not in depression now because I weigh 25 pounds more than I did a year ago. <laughs> but that's not, I know when I'm, when mom just not eating and I'm really losing weight, that's like, Oh, this is the real deal. That's yeah, I know for, for me, it's the other way around. I actually, you know, those people who have lost their weight, I go out there and find it and <laughs> accumulate it. <laughs> so I love I, what the, those extra 30 pounds that I've gained. I would love to return them to the right floor. <laughs> just saying. So again, I just want, this is something that I've been challenged with all my life. I want to share that list and talk about it because again, you can have a bad day. Bad things can happen. Things cannot go your way. You can have upset, disappointment, frustration. You can be angry. It, it doesn't mean 
that you're in a depression, right? And again, for me, based on my experience, depression and suicide, I've worked hand in hand. So I don't, I don't know if some people can be in a depression and never have a suicidal thought. But again, a bad day, a bad morning, some disappointment doesn't mean, oh, fuck it, I'm going to go kill myself. Right. Yeah. No. It's my default reaction to a lot of things for a long time. <laughs> right. Yeah. No. It's and you know I, I will say myself I I have been in that dark place. I was fortunate enough to be so fearful. I mean, it's one of the, we've talked about this before. The one of the few times that fear can actually serve you. And for me, it was one of those times I was in so much fear how my family would react. I couldn't go through with it. But boy, did I think about it a lot. And boy, there were, uh, there were things, you know, I was just like, okay, what would be the best way? Driving my car over a cliff, you know, a little dramatic, you know, um, you know shotgun, too messy. Uh, you know, um, overdosing on pills. I don't know if my stomach could handle it. You know, those are, those are the discussions that are going on in my own head. But the fact that it was there and it seemed like the only viable option, mind you, you know, happy well, <laughs> the person who has all these labels about being this very, very joyful person, which is true, you know, for, for much of the time. <clears throat> to go through that and to be and to think that the only viable option to truly be joyful is to just leave this life. That's yeah, it's it's a scary thing. And and you who has actually attempted to do it. Honestly, that's perhaps one of the things that I have admired most about you, Andy, is that, is that you're still here. You are still here, and thank goodness the universe had other plans for it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> that you were... And, you know, and then again, I, I say to my speaker, talk about it, like, you know, I, I wish it didn't take me so many failed attempts before, like, yeah, this isn't working. I, there's got to be another way I can live my life. Right, um, right, yeah. A much better way, but yeah, it's... Uh, and. And again, fear served me in ways too, because all the attempts I thought about, all the, I'm like, I thought, you know, worse than dying would be doing something myself that I'm now in a worse state. You know, now I'm crippled. Now I'm in a hospital yeah. for eight months, whatever that is. So that kept me from, you know, driving over the cliff. Like, how can I be sure it'll kill me? And right. you know, also different concoction. Like, well, how can, how can I know? Like, you know, and, and again, and I, you know, thank God, I am in a very gun controlled state. I, I couldn't go get a gun or right. I want to. I'm a ball and mess. I'm going to go fill out my ID card so I can wait the two weeks to get my gun while I'm there crying in the store. I right. can't figure it out. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I might not want to give this guy something. Yeah, exactly. You know, which, which does pre present, you know, don't want to get into that particular discussion, but it does touch on, on the subject, which, which is oftentimes comes up as a result of the whole gun control uh, discussion, which is, what is it? Is it the access to the guns or is it access to mental health care? And, you know, we as a society have almost like we've turned our prisons. We've turned our, we've, we've turned so many institutions that were never designed to, to, to provide mental health care as, as, you know, warehouses for people who could use the help but because we don't want to, we just want to kind of like shove them aside. We don't want to see them. We don't want to, to be bothered with them. Much like, you know, what we, <laughs> you know, what I see a lot of parents doing, I'm guilty of it with my own grandkids. You know, uh, you know you're a little hyperactive here. Have the smartphone. Go, go watch YouTube or something, you know, some Disney things on, on YouTube or whatever. I, 
yeah, I mean, it happens. And I think that it's far too easy to just kind of like shove people off in somewhere where we don't have to look at them or think about them. And as a society, if we can reach that point where we can genuinely look and see and invest the resources to, to help people who are in that state of, of, of um, mental distress, emotional distress, I think that the return on investment would be significant. And if we can couch it in language of, of being an, an economic investment with a significant return, I think would be a great way of, of, of moving forward as a society to say, hey, you know what, if we can help everybody become productive members, joyful members, even if that production means that they are just living their life in the most joyful way possible. And to, to, to one more gun comment in, in my book called Still Here, you know, mm-hmm. I talk about if, if, if you're in a depressive state, if someone in your family is, like, it's not a guns right issue, but get the guns out of the house. Yeah. Make yeah. it difficult to mm-hmm. kill yourself, right? Don't yes. make it easy. Because you can be, you know, it, sometimes, and often I found this in my case, when I got help, when I would go, oh, all right, I give up. I don't know what I'm doing. Fine. I'm, I'm taking medicine. I'm going to see a, you know, a psychiatrist every other week or whatever it may be, that can be the most fragile point. So mm-hmm. if I came home and I was a gun owner, like, well, I tried, you know, the pills, I'm not feeling any better. It's been 48 hours, you know, and again, if, if self-harm is easily accessible, mm-hmm. I, I was a person who would self-harm. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Make it difficult to self-harm. I completely agree. So Please. hide the knives, even, you know, to prevent overdoses, have someone else be responsible for your medication, right? Yeah. Make it. At Lori, jump in. That, that is why more men commit suicide than women. And I know that's not the right word. They take their life, whatever, however you want to do it. Because men predominantly shoot themselves. That is, yes. they use the most violent way where women tend to take pills. Yeah. And so they, they will survive their attempts much more often than men because most men, thank God, not Andy, um, will use a weapon. And so there's no, no option. Although I will say I met a woman um, when I was working at the mental health facility who tried to take her life and she put a gun to her, you know, underneath, but lived. Wow. And now she was going through like what you guys talked about. She had to learn how to speak and how to eat because now she has, she has the hole. And so there's all this stuff and she's got a star that came out. So just, I mean, it was fascinating. She was, she was, she was quite um, impressive yeah. just as far as um, her resiliency. Cause mm-hmm. I mean, she lived and now she was going through all that. And, but it is the weapon thing. And yeah, I'm a, you know, I'm a big proponent that if you have any mental health issues and you, you just don't, you, 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 you don't get a gun period. Exactly. Keep them in the yeah. house, you know, because it's, it's, it only takes a second mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to be like, Oh, screw it. You know, instead of I'm going to go get on the treadmill and work out this the feeling mm-hmm. all of a sudden it's like, it's over. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's easy to get up on the soapbox if you've never had that experience or if you've never been, if you've never had interaction with anybody who has had those mental health issues and who has had easy access to, to weapons and so forth. It's right. easy you know, to get up there and, and preach and everything else and, and spew and repeat what a lot of other people say until you're actually there, until you've actually, you know, either experienced it personally or been exposed to people who have gone through that. 
and right. worked with people who have gone through that. It, it's 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 easy to talk, but then when you're faced with it, then you start to realize it. Then then the reality hits, right. and then where you, it's like the practical discussions, the practical making it more difficult, all but at the same time seeking the treatment and everything. That's where it all comes in. It's not a single solution. It is. The whole right. all, do everything. Exactly. All of it comes together. And, it, and it's not just your house. Like as when I was in high school, I knew which families owned guns. And again, yeah. thankfully, all those parents had great, everything was locked up. I couldn't, because I thought like, oh, I'll go sleep over at my friend's house and I'll grab that gun in the middle of the night. Cool. <laughs> and I couldn't do it. Right. Um, and actually this, this just came to my memory and I haven't shared, I have not shared this ever. Um, many of the guys, I was just on this big trip to Utah a couple months mm-hmm. ago. Um, all friends from my school, when we were like 17 or 18, they, they all owned guns and we were all out shooting and they handed me a gun once. And I thought, Oh, this is my chance. opportunity. Yeah. yeah. And I really thought about it and been like, oh, I, I, I can't do that to these guys. I can't do that to my <laughs> friends. I just say, I, I couldn't. Yeah. Um, but again, so again, you mentioned fear of what it would do to your family. That was the one yeah. like, I, Oh, I've, here's the moment I, I thought I had dreamed of for a long time, but no, that's, it, yeah, it's not right. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But again, as again, trying to look back and see like what's what's the first thought, what's the first feeling for me to notice it, and then realize it doesn't have to spiral. Mm-hmm. Again, I, I used to think you know if I had tears, that meant I'm depressed, and depressed meant I'm about to try to kill myself. I didn't realize there's the, you know the whole spectrum of emotions that we <laughs> can allow and are meant to express. Everything. So, exactly, you know. So I would notice you know frustration would often be it, um, mm-hmm. disappointment. And again, if I, if I centered on that, if I focused on that, mm-hmm. you could spiral down. But, you know, feeling more empowered, taking responsibility, we're like, well, I'm frustrated, don't like this, well, let's do something different. Right. As opposed right. to, why does everything suck? Why do I suck? Why can't I get things done? Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. It, it, it's, in one of the talks that I give, I talk about, you know, letting your emotions flow, acknowledging them and then letting them flow and letting them go and that the natural state of, of, of emotions is, is, is flowing. And one of the things I do is I break down the word emotion and go E, motion, everything in motion, energy in motion. The state of all the energy, including emotions, emotions are energy. In the state of all energy is always flowing. We talk about an electrical current. We talk about wind currents. We talk about ocean currents. We talk about everything is always some, to- some form of current. But the emotions are the same way. And every time that we resist them, every time we try to say, no, 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 or we label them and we are like, no, these are bad. I'm not supposed to, you know, I'm not supposed to, to feel these emotions. These are bad, blah, 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 blah. It's like, they are what they are. Let them come. Let them go. Let, you know, and the same holds true even with the good, the ones that we label as good emotions. It's like, I'll never feel this way again. Well, yeah, it's true. You'll never feel that way again, but you'll feel the same emotion, but in a different way. And you'll feel it in infinite ways. The same emotion, but in infinitely different and expressive ways. And it holds true for all of them. So it's, so for purposes of, 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 being able to express ourselves and communicate with our limited language, yes, it, the labels can be helpful to be able to, to, at the very least, know where we stand and facilitate a dialogue. But ultimately, if we can, this is just the way I look at it, 
reach that state where we can let go of the labels or recognize labels as simply that labels. And instead of judging what we're feeling, just allowing them to just surface. It's like, oh, okay. And then keep right on going. Yeah. I've, yeah. I've often found that from in my experience that my, my depressed feelings would last longer if I was trying to resist them. Mm-hmm. Oh, again, no, I yes. don't want to be low. And it's like, wait a minute. What if I just, you know, fine. If I'm going to, if I'm going to cry for five hours, I'm willing to cry for five hours. Yeah. And that I don't recall if really crying for five hours. Cause almost, the, the, you know, a good cry, it exhausts you. It gets that energy moving. Like, <laughs> well, yeah. Then you go straight to bed and yeah. yes. And that can be if that, right. But that's the best thing. If, if, if you're at a point where, you know, you just survive moment to moment, if sleeping away the next 18 hours is what's get you through the next 18 hours, great. You know, yeah, don't do don't confuse yourself and, you know, again, yeah. if it's two weeks of sleeping 18, 20 hours, you know. Get some help. help. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Definitely get some help. <laughs> yeah. So, so, I mean, even now or in the past, whenever, if I, I can find myself feeling empty, uninspired, kind of bored, aimless, goalless, mm-hmm. and I used to think that would well it would it would bring up the quote well why bother what, you know what's the point and I, I didn't have an answer for that but now i see those same feelings are really telling me no, right get, go in a new direction find an interest if you feel right and and if, if i could really focus on like what what exactly was i thinking about as i realized oh i'm empty and goalless and aimless and mm-hmm. um and i was trying to really notice this yesterday and it, i the, the thought that shows up is like, I'm, I'm a quitter I, I give up to really mm. and easy. And that feels like the oldest story. Cause as you opponent, like, well, if I was really a quitter, I wouldn't freaking be here still. Right. right? Yeah. <laughs> so even my oldest story, when I look <laughs> at my experience, it contradicts, you know, the story I continue to have. It's, you know, in the moments mm. of, of down, but, right. But again, when I choose to focus on, on the good and now I realize, you know, what's the point? Well, the point is to have fun. The point yeah. is to enjoy life mm-hmm. so, exactly yeah. and, I, and you, you know we, we 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 both have probably used the phrase and been guilty of using the phrase occasionally i celebrate the contrast you know trying to you know motive, trying to you know, kind of like keep a positive attitude or put a positive spin on what it is that we're feeling because yes those contrasting emotions you know the you know one of the one of the vedas you know said a man born blind from birth can never know the meaning of darkness because he's never seen the light so yes those contrasting emotions and those those low periods are very good so that we can have something to compare it to and know when we're actually having the good times but yeah there are also those times when you just want to say fuck the contrast yeah. i want this over with yeah. you know and- yeah. our, our our growth our expansion our adventure all the things that you know, uh, someone on the personal growth or expansive journey or the spiritual journey can say they want, but you know, mm-hmm. those all happen outside of your comfort zone. And, yeah. and sometimes the way life source universe wants to make us get out of our own comfort zone is to start giving us some of our old shit back <laughs> or our worst feeling emotions and go, you're going to dwell in this or you're going to rise out of it. Right? Yeah, exactly. And, 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 and to that point, oftentimes when we say something that we really want something really, really passionately, but we don't know how we're, how we're going to get it. Sometimes the craziest, worst possible things that we never would have chosen or exactly what get us, gets us what we want in the fastest possible way. 
I mean, it's like, for instance, when I was like, I want to, you know, I was, when I was looking at the CX-5s for a while, which I now drive one, um, I was like, ooh, I like that car. I, I, want, I want one. But I'm like, eh, I don't know how it'll go about getting one because I still have my old one. It's still working just fine and everything else. So but I'm like, I really want one. It kind of stuck in that dilemma. How do I go about doing it? Because I don't, I know it, the one I have is just fine. It's working great and everything. So finally, universe comes along and just goes, <clears throat> you know, gives me a nice little shot. Somebody ran into the car and told us it. So problem solved. You know, I would not have chosen that as a way to get my, my CX-5 that I wanted. But it happened. <laughs> and, you know, it's like, so the universe, universe chose for me since I was sitting on, I was just sitting still and not making a choice. Right. Yeah. Your, your inaction forced another action to happen. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> right. So I, I, again, we're, we're, we're having some fun and laughing through this. Mm -hmm. And I want to make a point that that's not to belittle anyone's pain, not at all. but it is actually to help all of us out of the pain. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Um, and, and don't and, take yourself no, so seriously. That's yeah. a big lesson I've learned. Take it from two people who have been down that road for a good chunk of their lives. You know, it, it, it does reach a point. It truly does reach a point where you're able to look at it and you're actually able to turn it around and look at it through the eyes of levity. Even though, especially if you're in a situation right now where it's like, uh uh, oh no, oh no. And it's like, okay, where are the guns? Where are the pills? Where are this? What, you know, whatever. You know, where's the car? Where's the nearest cliff? understanding and acknowledging that yes we know what it's like we have been there but there's also hope and there's also the light at the end of the tunnel is not the headlamp of an oncoming train it truly is the light of hope it truly is the light of those of us who have stood there and who have been there wanting to stand with you and we are standing with you that is absolute truth be willing to feel. You aren't feeling anything that somebody else hasn't lived through many times over, right? <laughs> Let your ego out of the way, right? It's, it's being tough and strong does not mean hiding. Being mm -hmm. tough and strong means asking for help, right? The, the mm -hmm. most empowering thing anyone can do, not just a man, any human being can do is to say, I need some help. Right? I'm, I'm feeling this way and I can't take another freaking second of it. Mm -hmm. right? Indeed. You know what? You know what I think might be a really good thing for us to do, Andy, in order to kind of help not only just you know, give like a quick little pep talk, but maybe each of us share some of our rituals. Cool. So give some people some tools. Yeah. That will um, help. Yeah. So one that I was recommended the longest from different counselors and they ignored drastically um, and I give it up when I feel horrible. Um, gratitude journal. Really, <laughs> that was my, that was my top one too. Yeah. Funny enough, um, that's right. and, and same thing. When I'm in that space, it's like, ah, you know, just, just not wanting even to think about it. That's the first thing that goes out the window. Yet that is hands down. It's powerful. Yeah, it works. Journal. And because <sighs> no matter how shitty everything is, when you're willing to open your eyes and get out of that tunnel vision and focusing on the shit, Mm -hmm. God, I mean, there's so, we all, no matter what's going on in our lives, we all have so much more to be grateful for than complain about. Absolutely. And you know what I particularly love about the whole gratitude journal? And this is actually supported by, by medical studies, by neuroscience. And that is the two best ways that you can 
stop an entrenched habit, and that includes the habit of thought, are through procrastination and through distraction. The gratitude journal is the perfect distraction because the whole thought you because you can only hold one thought in your brain at a time. Now, granted, our thoughts are going at the speed of light, so 135,000 miles a second. So it seems like we're having all kinds of thoughts all simultaneously, but that's not actually the case. And when we're focused on thinking about what it is that we're grateful for, even if it means that I am simply grateful for having a pair of shoes that feel comfortable, I'm grateful that I can see, I can grateful I can smell whatever it is it doesn't matter and if you have to take five minutes to think up with just one thing it doesn't matter the fact that you're thinking about something other than what it is it's holding you in a depressed state breaks the cycle of thought so that's the first thing you're procrastinating you're, you're you are you are distracting yourself so procrastination contrary to what our parents told us when we were growing up procrastination and distraction are good things when you are in a state of depression but then we're also procrastinating that other thought we're putting it off and so it's just like talking about in, in the beginning how, how no emotion is good or bad they can all they all serve at different times so again procrastination all these different things actually serve you fear we talk about oh fear of, mm -hmm. about the consequences of our actions that aren't good for us you know keeps us here yeah. right so again every every thought you have every emotion you can have at some point is of service to you yes absolutely and that brings up another point you know two two these are two separate tools but they go hand in hand with each other first of all acknowledging the feelings and then allowing just keep moving just keep moving just keep letting them flow and yeah. even so um, if, if anyone's resistant to gratitude journaling and you know my first goal was like three things <laughs> and then five and mm -hmm. i was like oh, i'm gonna get 10 today and before I knew it, then when I, the real proof to me that, oh my God, this worked and I'm feeling much better, 15, 20, oh wait, I can, I better stop now. Oh, I, I don't have to be grateful for it. I've journaled too long. You know? <laughs> I actually decided to, to create a habit of the five minute power gratitude, you know, so I could give myself five minutes and I try to write down as many things as I can in that five minutes. Sometimes it's just one thing. And even if it's the same thing over and over and over again, that's fine. Just keep repeating it because you know, you're grateful for something. Right. So fine, whatever. It doesn't matter. Right. Yeah. So, so yeah. And it can be grateful. I'm grateful I have this pen. I'm grateful I have this notebook. I'm grateful I'm distracting myself from the shitty thoughts I have. Like, mm -hmm. again, <laughs> limitless, right? It just, but yes. it just shift your perspective. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, and and some, there are times that, you know, you, you want to tell your feelings and you want to tell everybody else around you, you know, take a hike. Well, guess what? Use that one too for yourself. You know, take a hike, literally take a hike. <laughs> I, I, I love where I am. You know, you've, you've been to Utah, you know, how beautiful a state I live in. <laughs> and uh, even here in Salt Lake City, where I am, we're ringed by this incredible, you know, scenery and these mount, these beautiful, beautiful mountains. And there are lots of trails really close to where I live. And so I'm very fortunate that I can, and I have my dog who I need to take out for a walk every day anyway. So I'm really fortunate in that regard. But even if you don't have anybody to go walking with or a pet you can walk or whatever, do it anyway. It, it's connecting to nature in some form, some way or shape is, is, is again, it's, distracting and it is rejuvenating and not to mention the fact there's all the physical benefits of, of exercise right right yeah and, and yeah, to exercise outside again it flood your eyes flood your ears flood all your senses with a new thing that freshness that you know the mm -hmm. crisp ear get get out of that stale fluorescent light 
you know, horrible cube that perhaps you were spending so much time in because, you know, that was a contributing factor for me for many years. And that, that lifestyle. Yeah. That's what I love about my, my about my my new job at, at Thumbtack is that I it, it's all open space, so we don't have cubicles, <laughs> and we can pretty much wander around and and you know work from any any spot in the office that we choose, which is which is awesome. So awesome. Well, oh, and I do want to share one resource for again for anyone that is in a state of despair, feeling hopeless. You know, if you really are thinking about ways to end your life. Um, it's time to reach out. If you don't have someone that you feel you can say that to, um, call a suicide hotline. And yes. 1-800-273-TALK is a, a top one in the U.S. And it's 1-800-273-TALK. I have called that very number. Um, and just for anyone, that, it's, it's anonymous. No one tries to convict you anything. No one tries, no one asks who you are. It's just a place to, to vent. And, and again, in my experience, I found that, oh, I'm thinking of this, but I, you know, I, I'm calling because I know I don't want to. Like, I'm, I'm procrastinating. I, all I can think about is my death and what's going on and, you know, that, you know, talking to a stranger, talking to a friend, talking to anyone helps it get out of you. When, when it's only in our mind, it ruminates, we just keep feeding on ourselves and that, that downward spiral that feels fucking horrible. Mm -hmm. When you realize another human being is willing to listen to you and they don't go, they don't hang up and go, that guy's freaking crazy, you know, no one is like, <laughs> wow, right? You're, you're not sharing something that is horrifying to somebody else. You're not chasing people away. And again, my time last year when I finally broke and told someone, I had a, I had a friend from work call and say, you know, you all right? And I started bawling on the phone. Like, no, I'm not. And I'm crying. And, you know, he's still my friend. He, he continued to talk to me after that, which I think is a big fear for a lot of guys have. That, oh, oh, my God. Yeah. I can't go like, there. You know? It's like, oh, no. Oh, no. You're all feeling all, you know, and then it becomes no homo discussion and everything else. But it's like, no, it's, and, and that's the thing. You, you brought up, a, you triggered a thought for me, which was, Every family has its dysfunctional elements. Every family has, you know, the crazy person. But every family has at least one person who's willing to listen to you and who loves you no matter what. And every person knows who that, who that individual is. And that's especially true for those of us who have who either are going through or have been through the stages of depression. We just know, we just know instinctively, there's always somebody there that we can talk to and that we can have to reach out to and who isn't going to judge us. More often than not, it's a sibling. But it could be a parent, it could be an uncle, it could be a cousin, it doesn't matter. There is somebody, and even if, it's a, even if it is a family of your own creation, whether it's a friend, you know, or a group of friends or whatever, there is somebody who is willing to live, to listen in complete non-judgment and love. So reach out to that person. Amen. Yeah. Yes, Lori. I just want to say one thing about that. All right, as a as a family member, uh -huh. um, it's one of the things. Um, one of the most common things I heard when working in the mental health facility was they don't like to bug their family members because mm -hmm. their family is just try and fix them right and it's true the most and of them so, do that's majority do yes so one of the one of the biggest things that you if you're feeling like crap can do is actually tell them what you need 
which I know is extraordinarily difficult in a time when you don't think you need anything. Mm-hmm. But if you can just say, I just need you to sit here with me. I don't want you to fix it. I just want you to let me feel what I'm feeling without, mm-hmm. because as soon as we try and fix it, we, we kind of make that person wrong for feeling it. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. being able to just say, I just, I just need you to sit here while I feel like crap. Can you sit here and be with me? It's a huge gift. And it's, it's quite funny because when I worked at the hospital, the, the people that I worked with, when we talked about that, they said how empowering that felt for them to be able to be with somebody and that it was okay. But then when they were trying to help a friend who was struggling with it, they were trying to fix them. And so it was fascinating. It was like, you don't like it when people do that for you. And yet, you know, it is our instinct when we love another human being, we want them to feel good. Yeah. I mean, it's not like they're doing it to be mean. Exactly. So it's, it's a really imperative, though, for you to actually voice it and yes. say, you know, I, I just need you to sit with me. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, can you go for a walk with me? But not really talk to me while we're walking. I just, mm-hmm. I want to walk with somebody. Um, and I know because I was on the other side of it, right? Like I was the fixer and I, it did not work. And it's not good for the people trying to fix either. Mm-hmm. So like the boundary issues and the um, just, <clears throat> we take on the responsibility of what are we doing wrong that the person that we love mm-hmm. is feeling so badly. So we, you just want to remember that they're coming from it from a place of love. Mm-hmm. And so they already want to do whatever they can to help you. So for the love of God, tell them exactly what you need. Exactly. And if they're not capable of doing it, then some, find somebody else who is. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's why I always love having you with, uh, on with us, Laurie, is because you're help, you're, you're, you have such a beautiful way of completing the circle completing thoughts and, and, and making it just full and there. Thank Absolutely you. Absolutely there. So thank you. And I have to go let my dog out. She's losing her mind. <laughs> Mine's losing her. his mind right now too. <laughs> Sorry. I'm gonna I'm gonna mute myself. But thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. Alright, appreciate sure to oh we should wrap this up then. But yeah. I just reiterate however you feel you're entitled to feel it. Mm-hmm. Be willing to feel it fully. Be willing to share it with someone else. Right? If you're in that much pain that you don't feel like you can feel it, you can't take it, tell someone. Open up. Right? Our, our willingness to ask for help, it, it, it begins the relief. Right? That's been Apio's experience and my experience. And if you haven't found that to be your experience yet, just take our word for it and try it. You know? And again, if you need someone, if you need, want that anonymous connection, 1-800-273-TALK. So thanks for joining us tonight. Ah, be willing to laugh at your own life as much as we have, right? See our healing. Right? It's, not to, it's not to belittle anything someone's feeling, but when you can laugh at your own depression, your own feelings, your own failed suicide attempts for me, that, that's just you when know, you know it's in the past. Yeah. Now let's find a, you know, find, find a way to, to see it from a different perspective, from a different angle. 
shine a different light on it, see the shadow from a different space. So join us next Tuesday, December 20th. Good God, December 20th. I know. Eastern, we'll have another episode of Real Men Feel. We're going to be joined by our guest, Jordan Bain, to talk about the modern mystery school, among many other things. But um, one of the big events for me um, this year was my introduction to the mystery school, and I was actually initiated into the modern mystery school, and I, I used some of the rituals daily. Um, it was one of the rituals from the mystery school that I found myself sobbing in yesterday, and it was just this tremendous release. It wasn't like, oh, no, I'm depressed and suicidal. It was like, woof, just like, wow, let's get rid of some more crap today. <laughs> so uh, if you've ever heard of mystery schools, interested in them, if you don't know what the heck it means, um, join us. It's going to be a really interesting show. Um, until then, check us out at realmenfeel.org. Join the Real Men Feel group on Facebook. Share what you thought of this show. Give us a review on iTunes. Comment on the blog. Share it. Reach out to us at realmenfeel at gmail.com. If you have any more private conversations or comments you'd like to make, we can receive them that way too. So thank you, Lori. Thank you, Apio. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And uh, we look forward to talking with you again soon. Be well. Absolutely. Be well. <laughs>